I need to adjust. I need to change what I'm doing because I'm wrong. But whenever you have too much pride, yeah. you can't look at yourself. Yeah, You look at everybody else. Hey guys, welcome to the Podtrunner Podcast. It's Tyler Dietrich. I'm here again with Nick Burns, and this is the number one podcast in Midtown Tulsa, run by a construction company. Let's go. How you doing, man? I'm doing really good. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm doing great. Speaking of mental athletes, think about somebody that runs one company. That I would say that's a mental athlete. What about 18 companies? Does that take a mental does that take a mental athleticism? It's pretty impressive. You think? Pretty impressive. I'm thinking about Brandon Tyler. We had this guy on the podcast a couple weeks back, maybe a couple months back at this point. Are we that long? Too long. Uh man. How about uh, let's just jump right into this dude wakes up at two in the morning, two, two to three in the morning, 2 a.m. What are we doing? What time does he go to sleep? I think he said like 10 o'clock, that, nine or 10. That doesn't make sense. Did you ever see the, the episode, the I mean, um, Seinfeld episode where Kramer he takes like 15 minute naps every hour? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> instead of instead of sleeping yes. in one look. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, so he shows up. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. I don't know how he can operate like that. I get like, dude, I get down to like four or five hours and I start like, I start just losing my mind. I, I think he, uh, he locks himself in his office mid afternoon and people are like, oh, he's locked in. He's working, but he actually like crawls. He up might just desk. take a nap. Yeah. He crawls on the desk and he takes <laughs> a nap and they're like, wow, he's, he's really locked in getting a lot of work done. Yeah. Listen, I, don't, I don't want to disparage you, Brandon Tyler. I believe that you're hustling like that. And I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, he said that um, he he you know wakes up that early. He likes to move all of his. He moved all of his email time into the morning so as to not be a slave to his email, like so many of us are all day. Um, you know, it's he and he did mention too that like yeah, there's absolutely things that he has to address in his email during the day whenever he's working on certain projects and stuff. Um, I think we are very tied to our email. Um, just because we're communicating with subcontractors, we're communicating with architects um, and people like that. So, you know, it seems like for for certain industries, it can work. Uh, for other industries, you've got to be maybe a little bit more tied to your email. What do yeah, you think? I don't, I don't know. It's interesting. I think there's obviously some emails that can wait. I think there's yeah. times where, um, you know, what's urgent and what's not really like, is it urgent or is it actually important? Does yeah. that make sense? Like, yeah. like we get to determine what we make urgent. Yeah. Like we shouldn't allow others to control our schedule. Yeah. Like, um, you know, something that we were, we were just talking about in the recap that we just filmed, <laughs> uh, was the idea that, uh, you, you were talking about success and the expectation of you and how that may define or dictate your path of what may be successful. Um, and he was talking about, he was kind of the guy that was like, he was following everybody else. Oh, everybody else is going to go to college. I got to go to college. Oh, everybody else is going to go do this. I got to go do this. And he he ended up, He I think he was playing maybe, I think it was maybe baseball. He was playing a sport um, and, and went to a school and that didn't work out. I think he had an injury or something and that didn't work out, whatever it was, and went and transferred to a new school and decided, was sitting in classes and was like, this is like not what I want to do. This is just felt like a waste of time. And I think he said that he had talked with somebody and was like, hey, you need to go get your real estate license. And he decided that day uh, that he was going to do that, that he was going to drop out of school. He did, 
went and he had, he was able to to drop out or or you know kind of ex uh, you know cancel out his schedule early enough to get half of his money back and went and talked to his dad and said hey here's half of your money I'm sorry that I lost half of it but I'm done with school and I'm going to go do this and he said well congratulations now you can go become a millionaire it's mm, interesting that's an interesting thought that is interesting I think um, you know and I think when we were in that conversation we were talking about um, Matthew McConaughey mm. in green lights and he kind of does the same thing he's going to school to be a lawyer and he's he's all set up to become the lawyer for the family and uh, he decides that he doesn't want to do that that he wants to go to acting school mm. which is like probably way off base I gotta imagine mm-hmm. and his dad also was like great if that's what you want to do go chase it and just don't do it half. Don't half ass it. So what yeah. he says. And, uh, I thought they're kind of similar, similar concepts there where it's like, Hey, you've now made a decision for yourself. I think that might be a good first step of like, this is what I want to do and I'm going to pursue it. What do yeah. you think? I mean, you know, going with the grain, what is that? That's going to get a college degree. It's, you know, getting, getting a job that's, you know, you're probably working for some company doing finance or something getting a good, making a good living, but it's going against the grain is very difficult Mm -hmm. in every situation. Right. Um, so to go against what your friends are doing or to, to step out and do something takes a lot of courage, um, takes a lot of persistence and resilience because, you know, your friends are going to be doing other things, but you're waking up at 2 AM. So you can't go out and do the things with them. Right. And also he was doing this at a really young age as well. So those are kind of the years where, you still have to not have as many responsibilities. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough. That's really tough. He had talked about, uh, early on whenever he was starting and you, you have a very similar story as well. Um, and I think you used the word, um, naive, naivety, naive, naive, naivety, naivety, however you pronounce that word. Um, he said ignorance, uh, but kind of the same sentiment of like, he just didn't know what he was getting into. And he was also in a position where he didn't have a family. He didn't have those, um, those, um, I don't want to say liabilities, but you know, things that he has to be responsible for. So he was able to grind through and he talked about, um, he talked about, you can't take shortcuts Mm. and and specifically in his industry, you can't take shortcuts, uh, being, being a realtor, starting out as a realtor, it's a long, hard grind tough, and you've got to put in the time and the years in in order to kind of build your, your reputation, so to speak. Yeah. There, there's some fields where you see people that, who are wildly successful, like, Uh, I think of real estate, I think of insurance sales, I think of financial um, advisors, and you see some that are just killing it. They're doing amazing. They're really good at their jobs. And you think, you know what? I could do that. And they say, yeah, yeah, go, go do it. I think you could do a good job. But like, you're not starting where they started. They've been doing it for a long time. And you also don't see what they went through to get to that point. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I see a lot of people that jump out to be real estate agents and that's great and that's fine, but it is so, so hard. Yeah, it is. It is so hard. You just mentioned something that made me think of a book that I'm currently reading. It is uh poverty, riches and wealth. And, uh, and this guy's talking about, he's talking about generational culture. You know, you, you, you operate a certain way and you probably want to pass along these kind of cultural lessons and ways of operation, uh, beliefs, principles, guideposts, whatever you want to call them, down along through your kids and your grandkids and, and so on. Um, he says 
that most of the time that breaks down because the generations downstream didn't see what what was the process in creating that culture. Yeah. I mean, that's a ooh, that's an interesting thought. Um I guess kind of adding on to that piece, he's talking about, you know, in his specific uh, uh industry whenever he was starting, you know, he's like, okay, let's say that my 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 time is worth, you know, x amount of dollars. Yeah. You know, and he, and he used the number $150 an hour. That's what that's what my time is worth in my business model. He says, so why would I finish up my day job and then go drive Uber? Yeah. He's like, that's that's wait, that's wasting my time if I believe it's X amount, right? More. Yeah. And so he's like, well, why why instead of instead of going to spend a couple hours driving Uber, why don't I spend a little extra couple extra hours working in my business or building a marketing plan or whatever? Yeah. You know, this is an interesting conversation. Something we kind of got into with Zach Harris <clears throat> about he started his side business while he was still with his main firm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very difficult to do that. And most most people in most fields cannot just have to do it. Like you can't start a company and just limp into it because it's, yep. it's not going to ex- excel. You know, I think he was in a, um, Zach was in a unique situation where it did work. Um, but you can't, this is my opinion. You cannot be a real estate agent on the side. Like you can just to make a little bit extra cash, but not to kill it. Yeah, like, you're not going to make full time income. You're not going to go with a part time and do what Ty, uh, Brandon Tyler's doing. You're yep. you're just not like yep. it requires so much time and so much effort and like strategically thinking about next steps and so you know half doing anything is just not going to work. Yeah, 100%. and um, you know I think Brandon Tyler kind of fully embodies that, right? Yeah. But speaking of half doing stuff. He's got 18 companies, so he's not fully invested in every single company. But what I think is interesting is uh, he's acquiring these businesses that are going to be complementary to what he does. Yeah, And he's not putting a ton of time and effort into those, but what he's providing is resources. And he's mm-hmm. uh, putting people in the right places to excel. Yeah, He's not he's not spending 10 hours a day on the dumpster and, and demo company that he has. He's not. Yeah. He's providing just general oversight and um, resources to help that excel. Yeah, well, would you like, agree it, with that? Yeah, I, absolutely. Um, you know, we were just kind of talking about this. Uh, I think this past Monday um, was, you know, operating as as the CEO on the business, but not in the business. Mm. And and then then that that's a whole different mindset of okay, now I'm not thinking of the day-to-day operations. I'm thinking of the systems and processes that are in place that allow the people that are empowered to make those decisions to to do the right things. Uh, He actually mentions later on kind of uh, in the conversation that one of the mistakes that he made whenever he was buying these existing businesses that already had infrastructure and already were operating was that he went in immediately and tried to take over some control and 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 operate uh, with some authority in taking over things that he really didn't need to yeah. do. And so now he's in the process of re-empowering those people that are in a, that are able to do the things that he had taken over. Yeah. Yeah, you know, one of the things he said is, you know, if somebody can do it at 60 or 70% as good as I can, it's time to let it go. I can correct or fix the other 30 for 40%. And I agree with that. You know, I think it's it's hard for entrepreneurs because um, you want everything to be perfect. And yeah. I want everything to be run just perfect how I want it to be done. But that that's not how it's going to be done, right? Yeah. And I would only use um, 
Microsoft Excel all the time. But guess what? My people want to use Google Sheets and it's it, that's okay. Right. That was a hot debate this morning. It, there was a mandatory meeting. Call. Mandatory meeting. And guess what? It's okay. You know, Google Sheets is 60% as good as Microsoft Excel, but I'm going to be okay with it. All right. Uh, we're going to, we're going to coach that out of, uh, out of sheets. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's okay. We're going to coach out of sheets, but yeah, it's, it's about delegation and, and then entrepreneurs and owners are notoriously so bad at delegating and saying to themselves, you know what? I'm not good at this. I'm going to allow someone else to do this. Mm-hmm. And I, there's, you're limited in your growth if that's how you're thinking. Um, you know, this was a note that I put in here, a uh, thing that he had talked about, and I'm not really sure what it, what it means. And I'd like to hear what your thought is on it. But he said, if someone, if someone's not uh, self-aware, he used to try to teach them that. He used to try to help people become more self-aware so that they could identify their own problems and solve them themselves. No. He said he said that he was obviously running into issues with that. He said, I, I don't even I don't even try anymore. I, so what yeah. is your thought from as a business owner? I think um I think over time you can develop self-awareness, but man, it's impossible to to coach that into somebody. Like I'm convinced that someone has to um, you know, I've talked with this, talked about this with other employees. Um, or really kind of hoping it for other employees is that like to experience real growth, you have to have pain. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, you have to experience pain with growth, but you can experience pain and not grow. Yeah. Right. You really have to just be put through these difficult situations and realize that something I'm doing is not working. And they have to make that adjustment. You can't make that adjustment for them. You can try, you can tell them, but they're really not going to understand until they feel that. Um, you know, I felt that um, at a previous company, I felt that pain. And I don't think I would have felt that pain if I don't think I would have learned and had that growth if I didn't feel that pain. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, and it also takes a certain level of ownership yeah. that you're taking in in yeah. a job, yeah. not because you can go out, you can go out and, and start a company yeah. and feel some pain. Yeah. But if you're if you're in a in a position where you're not the owner yeah. and you you're in a job, you have to take a certain level of ownership yeah. to actually feel yeah. the pain. Well, it, it just, you know, any type of growth, like you just the, the failure is so important, right? Yeah. Because it requires you to pivot. And if you don't have the uh, self-awareness, you're going to be looking at other factors at what happened to cause that failure instead of turning it around and saying, you know what, I'm not, I'm not doing this right. I need to adjust. I need to change what I'm doing because I'm wrong. But whenever you have too much pride, you can't look at yourself. Yeah. You look at everybody else. You look at everybody else's um, failures or you look at potentially what other people could have done to cause your failure. Yeah. So, so this is kind of the cycle. Um, it's it's kind of a cyclical cycle that we were talking about here, and and which one starts first? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but it's uh, self awareness can help you to grow your business, and growth in your business can help you develop your self awareness. Due to I'm I'm aware. Okay, I have this problem. I solve this problem. Helps my business grow. Mm. And because my business grows, oh wow, this is really cool. I experience a new problem. Mm. Now I have to identify and, and grow my self awareness mm. to understand this problem, fix the problem. My business grows. Mm. Uh, but but I think another really really interesting piece that he was talking about was that most guys don't put somebody in their life to call them out mm. without being offended. You know because 
uh, I'm sure you've experienced times where, or, or, uh, you know, times where you, you reach out to somebody that maybe is, um, senior to, to yourself that has said, Hey, Tyler, maybe you should try doing this. And you said, Oh, that's a great idea. Maybe you, maybe you hadn't seen, you know, the, the situation from, from that angle before, and that helped you to grow. But if you don't have somebody that you've put in your life that can call you out on those things when either you're doing something wrong or you just don't know which direction to go without being offended, well, A, like humble yourself. Yeah. You got to humble yourself. Uh, but that's an interesting thought. You know, what's hard about that is someone giving you direction or correction and you not saying anything, just shut up, right? Because whenever someone starts saying something, what starts running through your head? explanations for why it is mm-hmm. you saying, Oh no, you don't understand. You don't understand the full situation. Yeah. Um, well, that's okay. That's okay. If they don't understand the full situation, shut up and listen to what they have to say and don't correct them because what happens if you correct them and say you're wrong? Well, then they don't want to give you advice. Anymore. They ain't going to give you advice anymore. Yeah. And guess what? You've just shut them out. Yep. And so they they're speaking out of love, hopefully. And now you've just told them that they're wrong. So there, there's no chance that they're going to um, speak into your life again. Yeah. You've, you've essentially just cut off that potential mentor when the, the correct response could be um, being quiet and then saying, you know what? I, I appreciate that opinion that you have. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some time and think about that. Yeah. And let's discuss this later. Well, that's, that's the big piece, right? And, and, uh, we were talking about this just earlier, but, um, it, I think it's a good practice to go out and get thoughts and opinions from people in all walks of different, different walks of life. You know, uh, ideally, you know, you're looking for people that are ups, you know, ups being people that are, that you look up to, right. Uh, as mentors or whatever you want to call it. Um, but then, but then weigh all of those things and come up with your own conclusions on things. But I'll, I'll, uh, I'll leave it here with my last thought. Because we were asking him, hey, what do you say to a young entrepreneur or leader that's looking to go start their company? And he said, well, uh, you know, I I typically like to ask a couple of questions first. But he said, first, I would say uh, to get surgical with the time that you're spending in your business. And then and then we had asked, well, what were the questions you'd ask before? And and the main one was, well, what are you doing with your time now? Mm. How are you spending your time now? Um, I think that's really interesting because where we where we spend our time is where we're going to be focusing and where we focus is where we activate authority. So then the question becomes, what are we giving authority in our Mm -hmm. life? And if that is, you know, scrolling through TikTok and, you know, whatever else, whatever else that may be, well, then you're, you're not activating authority in taking ground in your business. Mm -hmm. I like that. I don't have anything to add to that. I'm not going to add to it. (laughs) Listen, the haters said we couldn't do this. Here we are. All the haters, but here we are. (laughs) Guess what? We started from the bottom. But now we're here. Now we're here. <laughs> guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Pottery Podcast. We will catch you guys next time.